Hello and thank you for joining us. You're listening to Words of Welcome, the teaching ministry of Welcome Baptist Church, Heathfield. Well, as you probably realize, I'm not really a preacher. Um, Andy, there's nobody possibly in this country that can sort of undo the Bible like Andy. He's a scholar and a gentleman. <laughs> He's already turning his Bible. And, and so, you know, for me, it's sort of more the, the ramblings of a madman, really. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Andy will sort it all out, I'm sure. So, Andy, we just want to say publicly, thank you for all you do. And, uh, you know, your amazing gift in, in preaching. So, I listen to a podcast. Anybody podcast fans in here? Ooh, yeah. I listen to a podcast by The Rend Collective, which is a Christian band. Anybody heard that one? And it's called The Joy of, and then it's their subject. And uh, they're going through the um, books of the Bible. The Joy of Leviticus. I mean, that's quite, a, that's quite an ask, isn't it, really? But listen to it. I highly recommend it. But what they say is the two guys, the lead singer and I think the drummer, and what they say is, you know, if you want proper stuff, go to N.T. Wright or John Stott or Andy Caldwell. But... Uh, if you're going to take them on theologically, they've got, they're probably going to say, yeah, you're probably right. And that's kind of how I feel. You know, this is, this is not so much theological as Andy. So if you want to take me on afterwards, I'll just say, yeah, at this point, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> so, so we're continuing um, the theme of encounters with Jesus. If you'd like to take your Bibles or your phones and turn to John 4, 4 to 30. I sound like a preacher then. I was so looking forward to saying it. If you want to take your Bibles and turn to John 4, 4 to 30. Do you know, the first thing that struck me about when I read this uh, passage was it says that Jesus had to go through Samaria to a town called Sychar. Now, if you actually look on the map, sort of uh, where Jesus was was down here. Uh, where he was going was up here and Syria was sort of over here. So he didn't actually have to go through Samaria. But... Um, this is a very much an act of God that he's going there to meet this woman. It's not by chance that this story is, is in the Bible. In fact, as a Jew, we know that um, they wouldn't even mix with Sumerians. And it all dates back, really, the history between the Jews and the Samaritans goes back to 722. That's not in the morning. That's B.C., uh, and what happens is the Assyrians came down, took away quite a few of the, uh, the tribes of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel, including the Syrians. And over time, they mixed with these uh, nasty Assyrians and they sort of married into them and they picked up some of their pagan ways. So they even worshipped at the wrong mountain. You know, it was, it was not the done thing to mix with a Sumerian as a good as a good Jew. In fact, some Jews wouldn't even go into Samaria. They'd go, give it a wide berth just in case they defiled themselves by bumping into one. So it was kind of a, you know, it was not the done thing. So Jesus, out of this encounter, I believe he tracks us down. That's what struck me. Jesus will come after you. You know, he wants people in his kingdom. He wants everybody in his kingdom. And he has tracked this lady down. He's gone out of his way to, to meet with her. 
And I, I think that is our Jesus that we worship. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And wherever we are in our life, we're never too far from God's love. You know, whatever you do, you're never too far from God's love. You can always turn back to him. Another thing that struck me about this encounter was it comes straight after his encounter with Nicodemus. Now, as Andy said uh, two weeks ago now, two weeks ago, time flies. Nicodemus was a professional religious person. He was one of the Sanhedrin, one of the 70, it was 70, wasn't it? Just 70 people. So he's pretty high up in the Jewish, in, in the Jewish faith. And, and he came to Jesus by night. That's somebody outside my door. <laughs> so interestingly, I thought it was really interesting that Nicodemus came to Jesus by night, but Jesus went to this lady at midday, right in the middle of the day. Different time. So what do we know about the lady at the well? Well, not a huge amount, but we can surmise quite a bit, I think. So it says he met her on, at the sixth hour. Now, because of the way they do their clocks, that's basically midday. Uh, it's, it's hot there. It's hot. It's probably about 40 degrees. Now, we've had a touch of the 40 degrees in this country this year, haven't we? You wouldn't really want to go and find water in that heat. I remember some years ago, we went on holiday to Corfu, and we arrived about at our hotel about midday, and I needed to go and get some water because we're only half bored. Of course we are. It's me. Of course we are. We're not going fully in. So I needed to go to this little shop up the hill and collect some water. And it was 42 degrees. And I came back and I looked like a waterfall. I was carrying two really heavy jugs of water and I was just covered in sweat. It's unpleasant. The other thing we know, that when she went to the waterfall, she was on her own. So most of the ladies would have gone there together to help each other out because the well was deep and to just probably have a nice chat. So we know that this lady was probably ostracised and we'll, we'll come on to probably why in a little bit. So at the well, she was shunned by the village women who would obviously go together in the early morning when it was cool. And I was just thinking about her walk towards the well. She's not expecting anybody to be there. She's probably done it for some time. And you can just imagine the heat haze, and then she probably thinks, hang on, there's somebody there. This doesn't normally happen. She could at that point, it struck me as well, have turned around and gone back. But she didn't. She carried on. She was actually going to have the most significant meeting of her life. And, and it struck me as well that um, I wonder how many meetings we have with people that are incredibly significant and we don't even know. We might not even know. You know, when we talk about Jesus, every conversation we have is significant. When we show Jesus in our life, it's significant. So I wonder how, how she knew that even, well, I can't work out, that's a long time, isn't it? 2,000 years later, there's some fella talking about her in Heathfield, you know. So it's significant conversation. And Jesus starts this conversation, and actually it's the 
longest written down encounter with Jesus in the Bible. So there you go. And in verse 7, Jesus is quite direct, I think. He says, give me a drink. And uh, that's quite direct, isn't it? But this lady is quite direct back. She says, uh, where are we? Verse 9. And if you, if you can get it up, he's going to be dashing about. I haven't really given him much. So verse 9. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? Because we, we've already learned that the Jews and the Samaritans would not mix. Mixed. And she's actually, you know, he's even going to share, because he didn't have a, I assume he didn't have a, a bottle or anything on him, so he would have shared her drink. I mean, this is amazing stuff. And I think what's incredible is in this one act, Jesus cuts across so many divides. He cuts across a religious divide, a race divide, and a gender divide, which is, which is incredible. And also, Jesus knew her story. He knows ours too. And it's not, I'm looking at the wrong demographic, it's not the Instagram reel we put out. I, I read about that, I haven't got a clue what it means. <laughs> it's not what we put out as what our life is. He knows everything about us, the best bits and the worst bits. We all dress up for Sunday, don't we? He knows all our worst bits, Monday mornings. By the way, I dressed up and I, I got here and I looked at all these boys with their green tops on. I thought, mine's not green. I looked down, there's a huge stain of sausage casserole on my front. <laughs> I thought, I'm not capable of preaching to anyone. I can't even eat sausage casserole. <clears throat> but Jesus knows our story. He knows all about us. The psalmist says, you searched me and you know me. You know, we can't hide anything. And in verse 16, and I don't know what this is, Jesus asks the question, go call your husband. Now, I don't know if it was a test. Andy, we're going to have to get you on this one because I, he knows her. He knows she hasn't got a husband. Was that a test to see how she was going to react? I think it possibly was, you know? If you want to, you could just say, yeah, I'll say to you rather, yeah, you're probably right. Back to that podcast at the beginning, you know. But I wonder if it was a test. I mean, interestingly, she could have turned back walking towards the well when she saw Jesus. And at this point, she could have quite easily lied and said, yeah, all right, I'll go and get my husband. And off she goes, missing that vital impact. And we know that, you know, God knows everything. We can't lie to God. There's, there's no point. So, and then gradually Jesus reveals his plans for all nations to worship in spirit and in truth. All nations. It's a lovely thing. God is a uniter and not a divider. Amen to that. So Jesus gradually through the scriptures reveals who he is. And that is amazing news for all of us. I think what's fascinating is Jesus chooses people we probably would not in life. We probably wouldn't have even thought about going to the Samaritan woman because that would have defiled us and we'd have kept 
clear. But God chooses people we wouldn't. Think about Moses in the Bible, who wasn't very good at speaking, and, and he'd also killed a fella, which is not great, is it, really? And, and throughout the Old Testament, Jesus, uh, God humbles the strong kings. So strong people, there's a lot of strong leaders out there, aren't they? You know, we could look at governments and things. God will humble those people. God chooses people that we might not. And that's why we're all here. Because God has chosen every one of us. This is an encounter that changed this lady's life. And I'm going to skip down to verse 25. Come on, Andy, let's see how... See if you can get it before I can. Uh, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus says, I who speak to you am he. So I don't think he revealed himself to Nicodemus, did he? Is that right, Andy? I don't think he actually said who he was to Nicodemus, this professional religious person. But... And, and quite often through the Bible, we see him hinting strongly, but never really revealing. And yet here, he reveals exactly who he is. He is the Messiah, the Christ. And he says, you will be full of living water. And she was. And she was full. I, I believe she suddenly was full of God's spirit. And she not only left her water bottle or her water jugs, I mean, can you imagine when she got home, her husband, not all the person she's living with, sort of said, where's the water? And she's singing the praises of this Messiah. One job she had, one job, you know, and she, she didn't do it. She left those and she went and told her village all about a man she met who knew all about her. And I suspect the people she told were those that shunned her. Must have been. I can't imagine it being a big village. So... Come and see a man who told me all I did. Could this be the Messiah? It's a simple message, isn't it? Sometimes, you know, she hasn't gone through all the alpha training. She hasn't gone to Bible study. She's just seen a man who she thinks is the Messiah who knew all about her. And she's gone and told people. And I find that really reassuring. Because all we have to do is point people to Jesus and Jesus will reveal himself you know it's very very clear in the alpha training I had the privilege of going to the alpha training and they sort of said I think it might have been Andy said Jesus does the heavy lifting isn't that wonderful isn't that wonderful so but we still have to point people in the right direction my challenge to us all this week is if somebody says to you oh, what do you do at the weekend quite often I know from my point of view, sometimes I'll be a bit, oh, uh, oh yeah, I had a nice day on Saturday and Sunday was great. Um, but why not say, yeah, I went to church. And people will be amazed and say, oh, that's interesting. You know, sometimes we already think we know what they're going to say. But, you know, God will reveal himself. Like this lady, simple message. All she did was go, come and see somebody that knows all about me. That's all we have to do. When Jesus went out of his way and spoke to the woman at the well, as I've already said, he smashed through these divides, this racial 
gender and ethnic division. He came that we become one new person. Man or woman, Jew or Gentile, that's us, the Gentiles. You know, it's for us that he came, which is fantastic. And I want to finish with this. If, if none of these divisions are in heaven, and we've just prayed the Lord's Prayer, haven't we? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There is no room for these divisions in our hearts, in our homes, in our communities, in our church. Um, praise the Lord that he went and found the Samaritan woman and he uses people that we would not use. I'm going to finish there. I'll just pray and then, Dan, if you want to come and do the final song. Father, I, I thank you so much that you choose people who just seem the wrong people to choose. Uh, and we all fit into that category, Lord. We want to stand here. We want to say, fill us with your living water. Help us in all that we do. When we go out and we talk to people, Lord, will it just flow through your living water, water that will quench that thirst that people have for other things, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Words of Welcome. For new episodes and more, please visit welcomebaptistchurch.uk.